This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. So now that I've decided to turn up, because full disclosure, I was completely late to this recording. So uh, just how we jam and roll. Um, I'm going to introduce the awesome guests that we have on the podcast today. Um, in fact, I'm going to hand over to the lady herself to do it. So we have the incredible Jess Leader in the house. Everybody say whoop whoop. <laughs> so Jess, you lovely property sister, you tell us all about you. Who are you? Hello, thank you for having me firstly. Um, what an intro. Um, I'm Jess Leader, hello, and I have been working, I work part-time in property. I've been working in property for about three and a half, four years, um, doing mostly HMOs and some flips, um, and I also work in marketing. Wow, that's a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but actually it's really easy at the moment because I'm furloughed so it's a it's a great opportunity to focus more on uh, property which is quite an interesting insight into almost you know only having that as my as my uh, center of attention so that's been really interesting but it is I'm lucky enough to have built up property to have reduced I'm not full-time anymore so that's um, that's less of a heavy hat on that head <laughs> if that makes sense yeah. um, Yes, but it's all, all fun and games. I think, you know, they're both really creative. They're both really commercial. They're both fun. So they both involve people. So it's all good. And you definitely link the two because, again, I mean, uh, we've talked about this on the podcast many times and we've had several property sisters on the podcast now. Big shout out to the girls. Woo! <laughs> Um, and you're definitely a very uh, vocal voice within that group because <laughs> it's, but it's not, okay let me rephrase that you're a very important <laughs> voice in that group because you are so um, it's all in your name really you're definitely a leader because you, you you know you do you give so much information and you can see how your creativity that you get from your marketing side completely plays into your property journey like it's it's so from your everything surname was like, no coincidence then it, it, you were born with it well there you go yeah I did say once I never want to lose it but you have to be careful what you wish for because you know I do hope I get married to my boyfriend uh, so that doesn't mean I have to lose my name I'm convinced does, exactly I have mine does he know that <laughs> yes he knows okay <laughs> this isn't a reveal all you know <laughs> you heard it here first guys <laughs> <laughs> she's going to do a proposal it's gonna happen <laughs> I'd like that, a Property Jam podcast proposal. We haven't had that yet. <laughs> or today either. No. <laughs> okay, no. well, shame. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're superstitious, you've still got, what, uh, five and a bit months left of the leap year. So, you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but hang on, aren't you supposed to do it on the 29th? I don't think you've got, like, the whole year just to kind of, you know, isn't that right or am I wrong? I don't know. I'm going to have to give it up. I haven't researched it very well, but I just <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not it's not like top of my list of things to look into. <laughs> In classic property jam style, we've gone off somewhere completely irrelevant. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so you can um, propose on February the 29th, twenty twenty is Leap Day. 
According to Irish traditions, women are allowed to propose to their suitors on this day that only comes once every four years. What's well, so an Irish Ireland, thing? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah so it's Ireland, your lot. You don't even know. You don't even know your own traditions. Mm, quel surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's French. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So um, back back to you, Jess. <laughs> Have you found like lockdown just has it been awesome? Just spending more time on the property side of things. Have you enjoyed it? Yes. <laughs> Great. Next question. Uh, <laughs> I think it's glad to. I think I, I feel a bit guilty saying that you're. I feel a bit guilty for saying I've enjoy, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. That's why I kind no, of pause for a moment. I do feel a bit guilty for that, but I have. It's um I got through loads of things that I've had on the list of probably more important than I uh, allowed, <laughs> allowed them to be in the order of things to do like um, done a load of branding work I've done a load of systemization um, I've outsourced oh, Matt, stuff. did you hear I, that systemization <laughs> Matt loves the system you're I talking did. his language yeah I've, I've, I've almost finished my tax return, which is a, a miracle. And I, some people did it like straight away in April, but I didn't quite manage that. But July, I've, I've sorted out loads of stuff, which has been great. Um, yeah. And just basically tried to raise my game a little bit more, which has been really good. I have, uh, Chris, sorry, just obviously didn't get the message that I was recording and he's just come back from his run. Doesn't matter. It's absolutely um, fine. <laughs> Tell them to join in. Or, or parts, whatever. Um, yeah, I have, um, you know, in my marketing role, I work in a startup. And so if we don't, if we don't drive the business, there isn't a business. And so I've, to start with, I found that really hard. Like I feel a lot of, out of choice, a lot of responsibility to my boss. We're friends as well. We've worked together on and off over about a decade. And so I really want to support her business, but at the same time, I'm technically furloughed, so I have to respect that. But we, you know, we're we're trying to we have tried to just keep the relationships going and and do what we can so that there is a business to return to um, when we can. It's an event, so it's pretty screwed. Um, so mm. we're getting creative with virtual solutions and seeing what we can do there. But um, yeah, so I have felt quite guilty, but I've also really enjoyed um not trekking on a train once a week to london and oh, here and that's terrifying yeah. terrifying to me right now getting on a train to go to london to work. Uh, but yeah so yeah. i have enjoyed it a lot and my i felt really guilty my family were like oh we can actually talk to you now you've actually got time i felt so bad that's a really <laughs> that everyone's saying you know when you go back to normal think about the bits of normal you want to go back to i realized when they said that i really needed to redress that balance yeah uh, so I suppose we should probably ask the question that we ask all of our guests when they come on. Uh, what does the human side of property mean to Jess Leader? Well, can I swear? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's encouraged. <laughs> My one motto that I live by above any others is don't be a dick. And um, I think that that is runs through absolutely every part of any business, including how you conduct yourself and what type of relationships you build in a property business. Um, don't try like in everything. I think it, for me, it relates to everything. Don't try and be the winner, try and create equal reciprocity, um, 
create great spaces. It's really important to me from a from a tenant slash customer perspective that the people who live in my homes feel like they can flourish in the environments that I create. That's really important to me. So on the who I work with, how I work with them, how I conduct myself, and then what I provide as a product, it, it runs through everything. Um, you know, and I just I don't ever want to be perceived as being doing wrong by somebody you can't please everyone all the time but I don't want to be and if somebody you know does wrong by me I'm like that's showing your true colors I'm sorry we can't work together that's fine it's just a boundary if you if that's how you treat people that's okay you go and treat other people like that so um yeah it runs through how I hope it runs through how I operate and and what I provide and I think that is you know respect compassion understanding empathy um all those things I'm writing this down as you say this because what I do every time we have a guest on I take keywords down I think Matt you always end up doing it as well don't you you sort of write down words and I think all of those words that you just said resonate so much with what we do in property for sure um but also just what property should be because let's face it there are a lot of dicks out there so there many are. oh liars and yes. um smoke and mirrors and mm -hmm. just people out for the money side uh, yeah. yeah so much I've realized oh. as I've as I've kind of um as I've kind of worked in property a little bit longer I've kind of oh sorry well the, oh, oh my god, god she's being arrested she's oh being god. arrested what is, is I've got the NHS responder help app thing oh and yes. even if your phone's on silent or whatever it always that comes through as it probably should but i can't help you need to go and do you need to go and respond no, to somebody i can't help that person sorry at least there's loads of us around this area oops um i don't know what i was talking about before by the way that's completely not being a dick not being a dick yeah yeah i was gonna say something about well, but maybe you should go and help that person then i know talk about talk about the hypocrite <laughs> <laughs> Uh, never. No, never. Charity, charity starts at home and property jam podcast first and then and then help help the needy. So how did how did you segue from marketing into property? Um, I just remembered what I was saying before, but what how I segmented I segued into it was um I was working in, uh, I love, I loved and still do enjoy my marketing career. Um, it very much took over quite a lot of my life. And I was, it was the kind of, I was in one of those jobs, which so many of us either have had on or do or know people who do where it was, you know, there were a lot of months where I was working in the office from like eight in the morning till midnight. And I just thought this isn't cool actually. And I've said, you know, um, recently confessed to my friends, I don't know how you, you stuck around actually from canceling on them so much and being late again and all that kind of stuff. So I just thought there must be some, you know, I want to control what how I live a little bit more at the same time I had <clears throat> started it was actually a bit a bit of a random way into it but I so I, I knew I wanted to do something else for myself and create something that would allow me to control how I choose to spend my time and also that I could be proud of myself for that I had built myself the first uh, thing that I tried doing was network marketing which I believe in as a model but I didn't 
I wasn't very good at it and I haven't stuck around in it. Um, and but that taught me about thinking differently, about um, working for yourself, about goal setting and about different just about thinking in a completely different way, coming out of the employee quadrant and all that kind of stuff. So that really opened my eyes. And then <clears throat> at the same time, I had bought my first home it was a one bed garden flat in St Retham hey. yeah hey um, I'm a Streatham girl I didn't realize you were Streatham oh that's where that was where I bought my first home that's where I lived for years in London um hey. I didn't know you were Streatham yeah I'm um, first down right between Tooting and Streatham so okay, yeah. yeah 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 oh I know mm. exactly where that is yeah um and I I had bought that at a time when it was a lot cheaper than it than it then became I don't know how it rose so much but you know it was a rising little pocket of gentrification it was the extension of Brixton wasn't it so it did yeah. well and um I made quite a lot of money from that and that kind of coincided with me thinking what can I build for myself okay I've just made money in property I enjoyed the process of doing that I just done, made some changes to the flat so it wasn't just the market it was stuff I'd done as well with the lease and some works um and then I went to a uh networking event which I thought was about business but actually it turned out to be about property and actually it all just sort of fell into this synchronicity and I just thought actually yes I, this is what I want to do with the money that I've got so that's how I got into it long answer sorry that's great <laughs> that's all right no that's cool that's pretty cool and you ended up in a pretty decent spot obviously being living close to Joe <laughs> yes, if only I'd known that was the benefit at the time. Although yeah. I wasn't technically in property then, I just had bought a flat and done some things to it. So I didn't, you know, it wasn't even part of my world or my consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's it's the story of so many investors though, isn't it? Who, you know, you 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 buy something residential first, and actually it becomes the your launch pad in a way because you can leverage that in whichever way you choose, whether you sell it or remortgage Absolutely. it or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden it's like wow. <laughs> so for a while after I left there, I it was a buy to let, and that was my first landlording experience, and it <laughs> it had a, a little horror story in that um in that. I sublet it, no, I let it, sorry, to a guy through Foxton's who was, seems really credible. He was like the manager of a Ramsey restaurant and, you know, he was really credible on paper. But what I realised was he then put, it was, a, it was a one bed garden flat, right? So there was a bedroom, a bathroom, a corridor, and then a kitchen living diner. He sublet the bedroom and put a mattress on the floor in the living room each day. I don't know how they navigated cooking well, yeah. but anyway I didn't know that he was doing this until he moved out at the end of his tenancy and this terrifying massive guy um still lived there with his who turned out to be about to pop girlfriend <clears throat> so I went around to have this conversation and it was an absolute shit tip and I remember having this conversation with him where I was standing there I mean I'm like I'm like a normal height person I'm like five foot six I'm standing in the room with this guy looming over me and I said let me get this straight. I remember this so clearly looking in his eye let me get this straight you are standing here looking at my into my eyes telling me that you want to carry on living in my flat and you don't want to pay me any rent to do that is that am I understanding you correctly what you're asking for and he was like straight faced yes <laughs> like I'm not a massive I'm not Foxton's I'm me and this is my mortgage and anyway so that was that was interesting I went to have a walk around the block to think about what to do and when I came back they'd gone to hospital because she'd gone into labor 
Stop it. This is getting like, better and better. <laughs> I know. And my dad was like, change the looks, change the looks, you know. And I was like, no, because even if they put a brick through my window, I'm not putting a baby out on the street. I'm not doing You that. don't want to be a dick. You don't you want to be a dick. dick. So in the end, we came up with an agreement, which actually wasn't as worse as it could be because um, I served Section 21. Um, but they, the agreement that we had meant that they left within six weeks, which was less time than they would have left under that section. So they left it in a terrible, terrible state. But oh. that was my introduction to being a landlord. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sold, when I sold that, that's when I bought my first kind of conversion <clears throat> and my first HMO with the, with the difference. So, yeah. It's like a baptism of fire. I'm surprised <laughs> you can put you off for life. I know. <laughs> Why do we carry on sometimes, eh? I know. That's yeah, going that's... into the tenant stories vault. I enjoyed that one. That was, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was honestly, it was like standing in the shadow of this beastly beast of a man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very interesting. Very mm. interesting. Well done cool. for handling it. Uh, so I believe you may have a question for us. I think yes. when you feed Jess. <laughs> <laughs> anything, what? anything at all. Do you yeah. want it to be about the human, are we focusing still on the human side of property? Could be anything. It could be it about cake. anything, yeah. How, be okay, so on, the, on the human side of property, I'm going to give you that. So how have you, um, how have you guys built working relationships with people how long have you known people that you've worked with before you've worked with them oh good question yeah um I you think, guys should talk about that yeah so matt and i obviously run scott baker properties on the yeah. platform um and we became friends through the training company that we uh, were involved in and joe yeah. was involved in as well um and i think we the friendship built over like a, a year a year and a bit before yep. we decided to dip our toes in and try a joint venture together. Um, and we started off with a little buy to let just to see how it would work. Um, and it worked really well. And we just built on that basically. Um, so we, we knew each other for, like I say, well, a year and a bit before we decided to do anything um, first. And I think that's quite important because I I'd see it time and time again of people who just go to a networking event to find a joint venture partner and then suddenly they're buying stuff together and before you know it it's all gone horribly wrong and either someone has lost a lot of money or someone has uh, relationships gone completely sour um, and I've always been afraid of that so mm. we're very picky with who we work with whether mm. it's an investor whether it's a builder whether it's a, a joint venture partner um, so I think getting to know someone very well first is extremely important. It is and how so your investors that you've got to know first have they all been people you've known in some way before they've invested with you? To a certain degree, but um, essentially the, so we do joint ventures very, very, um, very, very, we're very few of them. Yeah. Um, most of the stuff that we do is through investment loans. So um, when we take on a new investor into the business, that, that is the test um, of the relationship. Um, because a lot of people come to us and say, let's do joint ventures. So if we said yes to everyone, we'd be doing loads and loads of other things. Mm. But uh, I just know that that's just going to, you know, a lot of those things will potentially end in tears. So yeah. we do that test of, well, invest some money in the business, test the relationship, make sure that you're happy with us, that you're happy with the, the communication that, that you get, um, you know, follow the project and see what we do. 
um, see behind the curtain. And then, uh, you know, if that goes well and we, the relationship is growing stronger rather than more strained, then we can look at doing a joint venture together further down the line. Yeah. So that's essentially the, the, the test that we do. And we're very, very uh, strict on that, even mm-hmm. with, um, you know, whenever we get someone you know, come on that we've known for a little while we say no we still want to test the relationship when because a friendship is not a business partnership um, and sometimes they should never ever uh, be mixed yeah. um, because it can ruin <clears throat> friendships so and you know Niall and I even have seen how the friendship that we have before um, working together um, you know that has been tested over the over the years mm-hmm. um, and we come out of it because we've got a strong friendship and we can communicate and be open and honest with each other mm. um, and generally we can tell each other to stop being a dick yeah. um, because generally that's that's awesome. what it is one of us is being yeah. a dick and the other person has to go stop being a dick and it's like okay then sorry I didn't or I tell them they're both being dicks and then they both realize <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes, yeah, so, so that's very much very much the case um, mm. for us. It's, it's so important. Like I, there's a, a one of my absolute best friends is is pretty experienced in property, and we said in the past, you know, it'd be brilliant to do. We're both interested in doing conversion to flats. Um, neither of us have done that before, and to start with, we were we were kind of like, let's do this together. But I think we've both moved quite firmly away from that. There's just no way I would want to cross the line, and if mm-hmm. anything happened to our friendship, I would be distraught. So. I'm just not going to do that. There's plenty of people who that could work really well with or mm. myself, you know. Um, and interestingly, I'm in um, a joint venture at the moment with people who I have known before, but we haven't worked together in any capacity before. And it's learning on the job, learning us on the job is a very is a very um, challenging way to go about doing it. And, and you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily do it this way again. It's certainly again another baptism as a fire i've known what they do in property i've known them as people um but it's been very different i would I'd definitely work with somebody first in the future yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that i go along with too because i mean i've i've never done a joint venture partnership because they absolutely terrify me because the way i feel about it is it's like a, a marriage you know you're entering into a financial relationship with somebody so you have to have all the same building blocks you know trust respect um experience you know each of you are bringing something to the table and because you're so linked that person has to tick so many boxes and so like Matt and Nile were saying, like, you know, when you see people just at networking events, literally jumping into financial bed with somebody else with absolutely no due diligence, they haven't built a relationship, their values aren't even aligned or they haven't even asked what their values are and they're not even getting the correct paperwork in place. It's just going to end in a messy financial divorce. Yeah. And I just, it, the idea of that absolutely ter- terrifies me. However, um, like Matt was saying, I would never, I would consider a joint venture partner, but because I think we've talked about this quite a bit about the feeling. So for me, I, a gut instinct will always then drive due diligence, you know, like if it feels right initially, then I'll go and I'll start to really unpack something and get under the skin of it. And I think the same is true of a joint venture partnership. But one thing that I would have to do first is make sure they financially transacted with me first in the form of angel finance. And I know we've talked about this, haven't we, on the, you know, our Property Sisters brunch where, you know, what do you do when even that more transactional relationship gets tested? You know, when, you know, the refinance hasn't gone through and you're having to have those conversations, you're able to judge what a person is like. And, you know, you're able to start those building, those building blocks and have conversations around money and, you know, fairness and patience and all of that human stuff. Yeah. Yeah. JV is like, 
next level to that and yeah. I'm always super super cautious <laughs> like, yes. no, I we did a whole episode on it yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah people just focus too much especially I guess newbies or inexperienced people um, focus on solely the money that they're going to generate from this potential JV so they look at how much profit they're going to make or how much income they're going to generate oh. without actually thinking about the relationship between the, the, the partners in, in that uh, in that agreement or then that relationship yeah, for like you've years. Enjoy it. You've got to enjoy what you're doing. It yeah. takes too much effort, especially when there's a problem, which there always is, you know, a new challenge or a new something that's popped up. You've got to enjoy who you're doing that with for sure. Yeah. I can't imagine doing that with pain, a painful. No. I think that the, it's a bad way of looking at a new partnership to start with, but it's always focusing. Yeah, you have to focus on the negative first so that it doesn't become a problem in the future. So I think we covered this on that episode. We talked about joint ventures, but um, in by by looking at all the things that could potentially go wrong, and identifying the solutions in advance, so that you yeah. are they have been agreed. When you're in a positive state of mind, you're you're excited about a deal. It looks like it's a really good thing. So when you're in that great that great positive state of mind, going right, what if something goes wrong? You know, yeah. what, what would we do if one of us dies? What would we do? If the builder walks off site, what would we do if the bill goes over by 20%, um, which you know, it, 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 within contingency um, or what if it goes over contingency? So what are these things? What do we do if, yeah, so um, someone yeah. falls off a scaffolding pole, you know, it, it's um, hopefully actually it's more than a pole, but um, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of scaffolding have you got going up? Pole dancing scaffolders. <laughs> <laughs> now a whole that... new strategy. <laughs> That, that is something I would like. Yeah. <laughs> that, that takes, yeah, builder's bum to a whole new... Uh... <laughs> 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 Do you know what show the mental image I have right now? <laughs> Especially with my builders. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, I enjoyed that. That was a good chat. It's a good chat. Oh, definitely. Joint venture chat. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Niall, did you want to take the uh, the reins of episode roulette? Episode roulette, yes. So just as a Ready? recap, Jess, yeah. and for, for all of our new listeners who are tuning in today. Um, hi, new listeners. Hi, new hi, listeners. listeners. Because there are thousands of you. Obviously. We're so when getting... you're listening, as a new listener, just be aware that there are thousands of you going through exactly the same experience right now. <laughs> you're not alone. You're not alone. You've got, you've got support. Um, <laughs> So basically, I'm going to scroll through all of our episodes of the Property Jam podcast, yep. um, and you can shout stop at any point, and wherever I stop, you can give me your views on the topic of that particular episode. Okay, the tension. Okay. The tension. So we need scrolling music. We keep saying this, but anyway, I'm scrolling. Stop. Oh, sorry. Stop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're on to episode number nine, getting the deals. This was recently, this was on one of your recent podcasts as well. I think, um, getting the deals. What's my opinion on it? It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of tenacity and it takes a lot. It took me a long time to realize that it's, a numbers game and if you trick the numbers you just trick yourself 
um, and the numbers don't really ever lie and that is what they are and you've got your pr process and analyzer you know for the sake of for, for a reason so you should trust it um, but getting the deals I think that's probably an obstacle for a lot of people including me at times as well Mm -hmm. yeah um it takes longer doesn't it than you think it really right it does yeah quite a lot of resilience to go view again and get your offer knocked back again and you know there's so many different ways you can get deals obviously to all the different channels you can do that mm -hmm. um but it does take a lot of resilience just to keep doing the same thing or trying <laughs> different things to get the same thing and it does it takes a lot of effort but you know You've got to keep doing it. I remember there's a, a girl who I know who she got her 96th offer accepted. 96. Wow. wow. I don't know many people who would have stayed in the game. Wow. Got 95 deals rejected or offers rejected. So she learned that she was doing something wrong for her area yeah. or not really being realistic about what she was doing or how she was going to yeah. do it. So she pivoted and then she's got loads. Mm. So I think it is, I think actually getting the deals, that's, pivoting is really important so if you've been doing the same old stuff that hasn't been getting you the results that you expected or hoped for or really are a fair ratio to the input of time that you're putting in at some point you have to go okay what am I not doing what am I missing what should I be doing what are they doing that I could copy or emulate or whose help can I get to help me do this better and refine this because otherwise you know you're just insane aren't you yeah. But also, I think point. everyone's obsessed with the, you know, money in, money out, perfect deal, you know, all that sort of pressure that sits behind, especially when you're starting out. Um, you know, it's got to be this perfect deal. And, oh, God, we all know that just there does not days. exist. This, I think, no. um, you know, I'm not the only person who has looked back on deals I turned down in the past and gone, I would totally do that. So yeah, I'm not alone yeah. in saying that. And, um this whole um that there is a lot of pressure to find the perfect deal for sure it does, yeah. you know? and uh, another thing is that i've learned more and more is to make deals don't you don't find deals you make deals so it's about Ooh. you know as your knowledge grows you can find different ways to make something work that you didn't know before and interesting i was chatting to um another investor recently literally like maybe yesterday or before i don't know days merged don't know but um, <laughs> <laughs> um we had both looked at the same property uh for auction and it was it, the auction i think was on tuesday this week just gone um and so he sent me a picture i i viewed it we each viewed it separately i did my numbers and i did very top like fag packet numbers because i was like this is going to go way over and it's not i'm not gonna bother with it so then on tuesday he um sent me a screen grab of what it had gone for and we shared what our final numbers on the deal were and it went for at least 60 grand over what each of our final numbers were um, and we were like what what was the person who bought this what do they know or what are they missing or what are they overlooking you know what what's what's their plan for this property i was so intrigued by that they've somehow made that work or have they or they made right? a mistake and maybe their criteria you know i work with investors money as so many of us do i have to be able to recycle that to make it grow quickly maybe that was private family money it could sit there as a long-term strategy exactly. 20 years it doesn't really matter so as well you know don't feel bad that somebody else got a deal that you didn't because yeah. everyone's got their own criteria and needs so yeah um yeah 
I think we, I think we, we can all relate to that <laughs> of losing deals that some pe- people just come in and spend what we consider way over the odds. Yeah. And you're like, well, how? Why? <laughs> why? What are they doing? What's the plan? Yeah. So intriguing. Yeah. yeah, very true. Okay. Let's. I'm. I'm scrolling again. I'm scrolling again. Okay. Stop. Oh, oh I love it. Wow, I'm not so gonna make the same mistake twice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should have made the same mistake because we're on to licensing. Oh no! I okay, did that one three times. Stop! No. Unstop. Can you remove the stop? I don't know how to do that, but I'm unstopping. <laughs> remove the stop. Remove the stop. Okay. Remove can, the we... episode. I, I, I'd like. I'd like one word on licensing from Jess. One word. Uh, compliance. Oh, just played it safe. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. So that's, that's very informative. informative. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Word association. I'm, I'm scrolling. Scrolling? I'm scrolling again. That you dare scroll. <laughs> Stop. Oh, this is better. Guilty pleasures. Ooh. Oh, yes. Episode Classic. 17. Um, I have to say Instagram. I spend so much unnecessary time on Instagram. I can't stop it. <laughs> Maybe we should, have a, we should do a new episode called Property Addictions. Property Addictions, yeah. I've got so much out of Instagram. Loads of great connections, loads of great knowledge, loads of great input. I chuck questions out there for people to help me with and um, just loads of inspiration from it, but also... I've probably lost weeks of my life cumulatively. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you there. Definitely with no, you. No, keep there. doing it because um, Property Jam is really better benefiting from your addiction because you like a lot of us. Yeah, I was just seeing Jess come and pop on my phone every other second. <laughs> Joe and oh, Jess, Joe and Jess, Joe and Jess. Oh, no. There she is again. There she is again. There she is again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just supporting you. I'm just trying to support you in your in your ventures. It's, oh, I love it. Well received. Well received. <laughs> yes, thank you. And uh, your gift is in the post. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, though, just as a bit of a, an aside from that, do you, I mean, do, do you feel that the reason you're on Instagram it exclusively relates to property stuff for you, is it? Or is it broader than that? Uh, well, I think I started my Instagram account before I worked in property, but now mm. I only use it for property, which again, mm. because I, well, I chose whether to have a business account or my, or be me. And I decided to be me because I am. And, um, Good reason. and, um, but I don't talk about my marketing career in there un- unless it's occasionally. And I do feel a bit guilty again because, you know, my boss is like she follows me she sees that I only talk about property and I think that gives a really one-sided um, yeah. perspective of what's important to me and mm-hmm. I am I do have a, a commitment and genuine loyalty to her so I do feel a bit guilty about that but I'm kind of slowly realizing not slowly it took me a long time to acknowledge that I have to present myself as I as I choose like you know who should I be on LinkedIn should I be a marketeer or should I be a property professional that was a really big ridiculously considered decision for me I've only recently like literally in the last two weeks changed my profession from marketeer to property and real estate sector Mm. that's a huge thing because it's about how people know you and what people expect from you but I've kind of tried to put that aside a little bit and go what do I expect from me and what what am I trying to pave my way forward in Mm -hmm. so yeah 
Yeah, it's really interesting you say that. You, there's this sort of struggle. Like, it's kind of, the word guilty has interestingly come up quite a bit in our, in our conversation. It's like, you know, lockdown has meant you've had to kind of step back from the marketing side and focus on property, see if there's guilt attached to that. But then I bet when you're in your day-to-day marketing job, you feel a bit guilty that you're not spending enough time on the property side. You know, you feel guilty that you can't give your friends and family the, the commitment that or the time that perhaps they want. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's like when you're wearing all these different hats, you are having to allocate your energy and your time as fairly as you possibly can. And that is so down to your own decision making. Yeah, it is. But it's so emotionally driven, isn't it? It's really hard. It really is. And that's why it's so helpful when you understand what you want. It helps you filter out a lot more clearly, which I didn't realise until only in the last sort of year, really. Yeah. Focus on what you want. Everyone knows it. But I didn't, you know, realise it. Yeah. I suppose that leads on to a good question. Uh, What do you want, Jess? (laughs) God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She wants you not to ask that question. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I want to, I've got a really lovely vision in my mind of how my life unfolds, how my days unfold. You know, they're filled with um, my future family in my dream home, which actually, interestingly, is we're doing a flip at the moment, which we're going to live in for a short amount of time and then move on from. And we realized with a few, we, we added a few small changes to it. And I looked at a picture of what we were creating. And then I looked at my vision board and I was like, oh my God, look at that. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, didn't realize how close and attainable that was. But, you know, I, I'm controlling my own time. I'm controlling the structure. I work as a consultant in marketing so that I'm not employed, but I'm still active in it. And I'm working on brilliant projects in property and just enjoying all of the relationships I'm creating and, and, and working on. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> there's a lot of choice in there. There's a lot of variety in there, but there's a lot of choice um, and still lots of hats. I think, I think the phrase I've heard someone say slashy. If you're slashy. a investor slash marketeer slash podcaster slash blah, blah, blah. Apparently oh my God. if we wear lots of hats, we are called slashies. But I think oh. of us. I'm a super slashy. Like I am. This is a room full of slushies right now. We're all slushies. <laughs> we're a room full of slushies. We are. Slushies. Oh, I'm writing that oh. one down. Slushies. Oh, my God. I can just see the social media campaign for your episode. It's all coming together. Slushies. <laughs> and, and actually, I, I, I'm picturing a, uh, a red slushy. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Exactly. It's fine. I've got a, I've got a fiance for that. That's true. Okay. That's her area. Yeah, she's a property sister as well, Lara. You may have seen oh, okay, her. She's quite, yeah. quite. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Gosh. So, hang on. Red. Well, so what you're saying is like a red splat, like our property jam logo, a little bit. That's. I think that's where you've joined the dots there. Yeah. The the slushy slushy. Slushy um, slushy slodgy. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Sloshy. That just sounds boozy. Yeah, that's yeah, sloshed, yeah. Yeah, sloshed, yeah. To be fair, we are when we're recording in person, we are normally drinking some form of wine. So it's um it's all appropriate, it's all linked. It is going to be beer moving forward until we've got through all our Scott Baker brew. Yeah. Oh yeah, you've got loads, haven't you? We've got loads to go through. What have you got a home brew between you? Yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got pretty much, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Our own beer. Wow. Yeah. In a nifty little tin. It's really cute. Oh, wow. We've got a thousand cans done just for ourselves. Oh, my God. Not just for ourselves. <laughs> not just for ourselves. We're not that bad. 
Although I've just realised I've not tried it yet. I'm looking forward oh, to trying it. Oh, missed our Christmas party, that's why. Oh, stop it. I've been out of guilt. I, talking of guilt, Jess, I've not lived this one down. I couldn't make... It was Matt's birthday and their Christmas party and I couldn't Joe beat had, it. Joe had better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> he won't let me live it down. So I, I mean, had denied... It's June. It, it's June. Six months yeah. so far. <laughs> Get over it. Get over it, boys. <laughs> I'll send you the date for this. We've just booked a Christmas party for this year. Send you the dates. Okay, I might be busy that night. I don't know. I'll see how <laughs> so do we have do we have room? Do we have time for one more? I think we go for power round. Power round. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Stop. Oh. You almost forgot. Episode. <laughs> Episode 23, this comes up a lot, actually. Rent to rent versus investing. Oh, my God. Michelle, Michelle Bryant said, please, please, please make sure this one doesn't come up. So we, you've been lumbered with it now, Jess. Hey. <laughs> I can't speak for everyone, but from a personal perspective, I want to own my assets. Yes, yes I want cash flow, but I want to own my assets. And I personally... I know a lot of people use it as a great stepping stone, but I really don't understand how the payoff works for you if you work in a rent-to-rent, only rent-to-rent environment, and you put in so much effort to really make it profitable with, you know, and to me, the return is quite risky. So it's not a strategy that I would ever use. Um, As I say, I know lots of people who use it successfully lots of people who use it naively thinking it's going to lead to easy riches and it's just such a time intensive Mm. strategy not that hmo is easy or quick but you know at least the rewards there um Mm. and yeah i suppose once quickly so i'll end that (laughs) awesome i hear you (laughs) we'll we'll take that we'll take that yeah Yeah. and we 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 we're in alignment on that yeah all of us um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a business, not a, a strategy. Absolutely, right? and poor people who've only had rent to rent during lockdown. Oh, I know. Like, what a lesson in diversification. Yeah. Absolutely, Very absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jess. We're going to start to wrap up there. Well, we are we are going to wrap up there. Uh, so <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and sharing your views and everything. You know, we didn't really get into systemization. I wanted to have a long chat about that. But oh, might be, that might be way too informative. Not that would be oh. too um, no, Actually, before we go, I just want to say thank you very much for your recommendation through Joe um, oh, of, yeah. of, of VAs. So we've now got three fantastic VAs who are doing an amazing job for us. Um, so thank you. That's brilliant. I, I, I sub-schooled them after your amazing session on that uh, Property Sister brunch. I went away with like a ream of notes and just schooled the boys and it's it's really great. It's fantastic. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. so pleased it's made a difference. But thank you for having me. I've been I've really enjoyed our chat. It's been really fun. Fantastic. So thank God porn didn't come up as my roulette. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think that would be goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. A goodbye from me. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at Podcast at outlook.com. See, see you on the next, next episode. episode.